Good morning, everyone. Welcome to La Jolla Community Church. So glad you're here. Uh, welcome to the family service. We're going to have a great time worshiping as an intergenerational family. You might see some students running sound in worship, greeting you. It's going to be a great time. If you're able, would you stand? We're going to spend some time worshiping through song this morning.
What's the best thing that happened this summer? Ready? Go. 
Good morning, everybody. You can grab a seat. Oh, there's so much energy. I love it. Second service, like, always gets their coffee. So they're just yes. awake and ready to go. And their beauty sleep. Beauty sleep. You guys look great. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, well, good morning. I'm Natalie. I'm the director of high school ministries here. I'm Rihanna. I'm the director of children's ministries. And since I'm here, there are also kiddos here. So welcome. It's a family service. We are so excited to worship together. Yay! Maybe she's sweet, sorry. <laughs> she had her copy too. Great. Uh, you all should have received your bulletin as you came in this morning. Uh, just to let you guys know that it is just becoming very user friendly here. So you can now give us your information so we can connect you to what's going on at this church. And then right below that is where you're going to uh, write a prayer request for you, for someone you know. We're a church rooted in prayer and we want to pray for you. So this is a double whammy page right here. We can get your information so we can connect to you in your prayers so we can pray for you. Um, and so there's that. Good. You can drop it in at the bin when the ushers come by. And it's online as well. Welcome, everyone, joining us on the live stream. You can wave. Hello. It's on the back. Hello. Thanks, Krista. Yes. Krista oh, thank you. <laughs> awesome. Yes, so fill that out. We have a few announcements for you. One is we are sending kids off to camp this morning to spend a week up at Forest Home and their little green ooh, wristbands. Ooh. Oh, Caleb, yes. there you go. We have some counselors in the house. Uh, we have green wristbands in the foyer with the names of the campers and counselors. If you would like to take one of those home with you and pray for those kids all week long uh, and the counselors all week long, they can use it. Thank you very much. That would be awesome. Les is displaying them. Thank you, Venomai. Excellent. Okay. Our next announcement is we have a really cool class coming up for parents. It's called Parenting Your Kids in Christ. It'll be in the Welcome Center um, over three weeks after second service starting on August 12th. And Greg Eller is just going to lead us through how to teach our kids to have an identity in Christ and equip families with spiritual practices to implement at home. So it's really, really neat. There are snacks and there's childcare and it's free. So RSVP right now to gregeller at intervarsity.org. Go ahead and uh, get plugged into that one. It'll be amazing. Um, and if you can't remember that here, don't worry. It's online. Just go to the website and all the information's there as well. Awesome. And if you guys don't know Greg, you're oh. in for a treat. He's really yes. excellent and a wonderful speaker, encourager, mentor, all the things. So I highly recommend that. Uh, and secondly, uh, we have another membership class coming up August 25th, 9 to noon. Also, snacks provided. We love feeding you guys. So um, there's that. It's free. Uh, this is just for you to find out more about what it means to be a member at LJCC, what that looks like, and hear from Steve and, and Ian talking about the life of this church. So if you're interested, I also highly recommend that. It'll be a really great time. Uh, so we have had a pretty busy summer over here uh, in the life of this church. There's lots going on. So we just want to highlight a few things for you guys and give you some updates. So Rihanna, what's our first one? Well, I spent the summer here on Wednesday nights just completely taking over the sanctuary. A lot of you guys were there. We had this thing called Summer Fun Nights, our little brainchild of switching around BBS on Wednesday nights. And we have some really fun pictures for you just so you can get a glimpse into what the kids were experiencing over these five weeks. So go ahead and watch this little slideshow. That works hard for me. <laughs>
from my little behind-the-scenes perspective. So what was such a blast is we had 50 kids join us and over 60 volunteers. So give it up for those volunteers. That was Um, I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, 
I just thought it was gonna be like this normal country. Oh, there's like a few uh, little things, like uh, little little things right here, like people who are a little poor, but it was a life-changing experience and it was um, definitely made me realize how, um, how much I took for granted and how much stuff that I have that they don't have, um, such as like warm water or like, Funny story, I, first time I took a shower, uh, I got shocked um, <laughs> by the, the thing <laughs> because there's the wire that's wrapped around it. So they just, like little things like that, you just don't realize. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Okay, so I'm Kenna. Um, we were both in the child sponsorship ministry site. Um, my favorite part of the trip was meeting people who have very different lives and culture from me, and yet who shared the same religion as me. Um, in child sponsorship, we got to meet and interact with kids every day, and it was amazing to get a window into their lives and have an opportunity to connect with them despite a language barrier and despite being from different backgrounds, being able to share something through our faith. Um, I just started coming to church a few months ago, so it was really cool to learn and see through my own experience how God can bring people together. I learned that there are many different types of poverty and that while physical poverty is prevalent in Guatemala, spiritual poverty is much more common here in the States. Many of the people I met in Guatemala were much more open to God and welcoming faith into their lives than a lot of people I know here at home. I love being able to learn more about not only the Guatemalan people, but also more about God and how I can be on mission not only in a foreign country, but it's something I can bring back home with me. Thanks guys for sharing. Uh, so Crystal's up here, she was really the brains behind the trip. Uh, she just hates public speaking, so I am her puppet. Um, yeah, it was a great time. We did homestays. We stayed in the homes for two weeks. We were in the families. We ate meals with them. We got to meet their kids and all of the extended families. Um, the One of my favorite parts, that's me next to big shukos. I don't know what shukos are. I think it's a sandwich. I didn't eat it. Um, but one of my favorite parts was just how family-centered that culture is. So we would all, like, we'd see all the kids when we came in, and then we'd see the mom, and then the dad would come in and he'd say hi, and then we'd see their grandparents as we're walking out, and on the weekends, all the families would come over. And that was awesome. That's something that I want to integrate here now that I'm back at home, even though kind of a lot of you guys are probably have similar family situations to me where my family literally lives on complete opposite corners. I have family in, like, Washington, San Diego, and Connecticut, and then Hawaii. It's like, so we never see each other except for weddings. But, so it's cultivating that idea of family, you know, like church, we could do that, you know. But yeah, so anyway, um, if you want to hear more about our trip, and for many of us, some of the other students are here, we have a little table. We'll be out there after. Thank you. Thanks, guys. That was awesome. There's a lot going on in the life of this church, so we loved hearing about that, and we'll get a Malawi update soon. Uh, so let me just pray as we... I continue worshiping, and we'll hear from Ian O'Mara in just a second. Uh, pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just all that you're doing, um, all that you're going to do, all that you've yet to do. Uh, thank you for being present with these students as they experience you in new ways, and they um, 
travel abroad and, and see people worshiping you and uh, just see your family and how big your kingdom is. What an experience. Um, what new eyes to see the world through. Uh, thank you for uh, summer fun nights and all that you did through that. Thank you for Rihanna and just her brain of putting that together. Thank you for the volunteers that use their gifts in new ways. Uh, God, for those students who um, experience summer fun nights, just grasp onto something about you. Would they be curious about you and um, that you're a good father and that uh, you created each of them and they're wonderfully made. So we just pray over that. Pray what you're continuing, what you are going to continue doing in the lives of this, these students, these families here. Uh, so we just lift up um, all of these things in your name. Amen. Thank you, Natalie. Whoa, that didn't happen first service. Well, that that is just an analogy for my whole week, right there. Does anybody have one a week? You're just like, wow. Uh, my week started off, I was planning this sermon, and this, this computer's fairly new, and I'm in the middle of writing it, and I was like, oh man, great point. All of a sudden, the whole thing shut down. It's plugged in. Lost all my work. Well, Lord, I guess you didn't want me to say that. Let's start over. <laughs> Last night, you're going to get a good night's rest, so I can come up here fresh, because we're talking about being refreshed. And uh, how many parents do we have here? You know that sound that just wakes you up in the middle of the night? It's like water or something from someone's stomach hitting the floor, and you jump up and you look at your spouse, you're like, someone's sick. That was at 12 o'clock last night, and every hour after that, for the, until I think 8 a.m., my wife told me, my, my six-year-old has been sick, and it's just been, uh, it's been, it's been devastating for her because she's sick, and it's really devastating for me because I'm going to share with you, my kryptonite is anything that comes out of someone's stomach. I could do blood, I could do car wrecks and fires and all kinds of things, but if it comes out of somebody's stomach, I'm done. Just roll me up, throw me in the closet, I am completely useless. I don't know what it is, I just can't do it, but my wife can, so a good thing that we're together. Uh, so I was already, I'm like, oh, I'm a little tired, but you know, the Lord's got a plan. It's just, if you take one thing away from today, it's, it's, it's by the grace of God. I get in my car this morning to come here, bright and early, to, to practice and Focus on the Lord and my car. Dear Lord, what are you trying to do? I don't have to preach today. I, just, I, can't, get the, I can't get there. Oh, we have two cars, so I made it anyways. But today, we're talking about uh, refreshing our gifts. And we're in our, this is the last part of our refresh series. Um, gifts are something that we, we, we have on a regular basis, something we all know about. You know, some of us like to give gifts, others like to receive gifts. And some of us, we just expect gifts at random times. Birthdays, Christmases, holidays, anniversaries, they're saturated with gifts. Uh, one of my favorite gifts are the ones you get that you didn't know you need. But I think it was Christmas last year, my wife got me some knives. And I, I didn't know I needed knives, but thank you for the knives. And then all of a sudden, my Ginsu level went to like a 10. I was cooking like crazy. And at that point, I realized it was a for you, for me gift. You know what a for you for me gift is? My wife got it for me, but it was really for her because I was cooking like crazy. Now, a for you for me gift is different than a you should gift. A you should gift is like when someone gives you a DVD workout series you didn't ask for. Or someone buys you a vacuum cleaner because you need to clean more. Those are weird. Don't ever do that. Now, and my wife gave me, a, I don't know if it was a for you for me or if it was a you should. When I got out of the Navy, I vowed two things. I said, for the next year, I'm not going to wake up before 6 a.m., just not going to do it. 4 a.m., I don't even want to see you, and I'm not going to shave for a year. 
Which one do you think my wife didn't like the most? <laughs> well, the gift I got was a electric shaver. <laughs> you should shave is the message I got out of that. Well, today we're talking about refreshing our gifts. But first, I want to distinguish the difference between a gift and a talent. A talent is something like we're born with. You know, we could run fast. We're super smart. We could jump high. We could throw a ball really far. You know, some people have this uh, ability to eat really spicy food and survive. <laughs> Not me. I remember I was out with a, a friend. You guys don't know him. He's got a beard and he plays guitar left-handed. Uh, <laughs> and we were eating Thai food. And if you go to a Thai restaurant, it's usually 1 to 10 is the range for spiciness. 1 being me and 10 being everybody else. Super spicy. And I get my three, because I'm a three or four guy. I'm like, yeah, I like spice, but I don't want to sweat it. Although my friend says, I want Thai hot. And then lady stops. <laughs> you want Thai hot? How do you know about Thai hot? He's like, I want Thai hot. He's like, I'm like, what's Thai hot? He's like, it's like a 15. And she's like, it's, yeah, it's like the waitress is like, it's like burn your face off hot. She's like, are you sure there's a waiver you have to sign? He's like, no, I want it. Give me the Thai hot. And I said, hey, listen, it might burn your face off, but there's a Thai proverb that goes, what goes in Thai hot will come out Thai hot. <laughs> talents, if we're born with them, we can develop, we can develop our talents, we can grow in our talents, but gifts are different. Gifts can be developed and grown, but there's something outside ourselves. It's a gift because we don't have it before it's given to us. And this is so true for spiritual gifts. It's not something we have. It's something that God has given us. So today we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. So if you can join me in, in print or you can join us in pixel, we'll have it on the screen. But this is, this is Paul's letter to the church in Rome. He hasn't been to the church in Rome. This is like his introduction. He's kind of laying out some theological points. Uh, in the previous verses, 1 and 2, he's talking about what true and proper worship are. They're, they're, they're living life as a, a living sacrifice. And then he goes into these points, chat, uh, verse 3 through 8, about how that should be enacted in the church, how that applies to spiritual gifts. Now, Pastor Dom did a, 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 he did a sermon. There he is. He did a sermon on verse 1 and 2 at the end of May. Go check that out on our website. It's amazing. And uh, it kind of leads into what this is. But well, let's pick up in verse 3 in Romans chapter 12. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you. Now, if you look at the first 11 chapters of Romans, Paul's emphasizing over and over the importance of the gospel, and it's, it's been given by God's grace. If you look in the first chapter, his thesis for the whole book of Romans is, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of salvation for all who believe. One of the, the, one of the famous verses from chapter 3, Romans 3, 23. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift. As a gift. Romans 6, 23. For the wage of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word that Paul uses for free gift, the gift part, is charisma. Charisma has a, a base word, it's charis. Charis is the Greek word for grace, kindness, favor. It's like saying that these gifts are a gracious gift from God. They're gracious gifts. We don't have to earn them, they're just given to us. 
So we need to remember, we need to understand that the gospel and the spiritual gifts are uniquely tied to Jesus Christ. In order to have a spiritual gift, you have to know him. He has to be your Lord. You have to accept him. He needs to be your savior. There's nothing we can do to earn our salvation. And there's nothing we can do to earn a spiritual gift. They're a gift. They're given. And not only are they given, they're given by his grace. Even Paul, who's authoring this letter, he recognizes this is the authority given by God. Paul says in chapter 7 that he does what he's not supposed to do, and he doesn't do, do what he's supposed to do. He's the chief of sinners. So he's not doing this from any posture of authority. He's not doing this because his resume says he can. He's doing this because God has told him to. He's doing it by his grace. And in view of this grace, he goes on to say in the rest of verse 3, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance with faith, God has distributed to each of you. Now, this is the T that Paul is setting up his whole argument on. Humility. Pride has been the downfall of many people. It's been the downfall of many organizations. It's been the downfall of many churches. A great quote about pride is you can find in C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity. He says, pride has been the chief cause of misery in every nation, in every family, since the world began. Think about that. Pride has been the chief cause of misery in every nation, in every family, since the world began. Cain and Abel, an episode of pride when he was in murder. Paul wants to ensure that the church, he wants to ensure that we take a posture of humility, especially within the walls of of the church. Humility is not self-deprecation. It's not humiliating yourself. It's not belittling yourself. It's not, oh, I'm just, I'm just a weak person. I can do nothing. Everyone else is better than me. I'm just a doormat. Walk all over me. That's not humiliation. That's ridiculous. That's not humiliation. That's not humility. The purpose of humility is to foster unity among Christians. It's to encourage right thinking, what Paul calls sober judgment about oneself, and to foster respect amongst other believers. Paul is urging us not to think so highly of ourselves, but to look at ourselves honestly and objectively. We're not to measure ourselves by each other or what we do or what we say. We're to measure ourselves by our measure of faith. We're not comparing gifts. We're not saying, oh, I, don't, I can't use my gifts because that person is just so much better than me. I can never do that. They're just so much better than me. I'm too young. I can't do that. I'm too old. I can't do that. I'm not good enough. We don't measure ourselves by each other. We measure ourselves by our faith. Our faith is that we trust in Jesus and we trust in the gifts that God has given us. Humility is about having a right perspective with your gifts. When we look at our spiritual gifts, we must say, it's not about me. Wait, what? My spiritual gift is not about me? How is that possible? God gave it to me. I'm the one using it. I'm the one putting myself out there. And you're telling me it's not about me? No, it's not about you. It's about the bigger picture. The gift given to you isn't for you. It's for you to use to serve others. I believe this. I believe our measure of humility is proportionate to the size of the cross in our lives. 
If the cross of Jesus Christ is a dominant feature in the way we live, the way we act, the way we think, our humility is right in the proper place. It's in the proper place because we don't need to be justified. We don't need to be right. We don't need to be celebrated. We don't need to be vindicated because Jesus Christ did it all for us. And we just get to ride the wave of his grace. And it's a sweet wave. It's not about us. It's about the bigger picture. When you think about refreshing your gifts, refreshing your spiritual gifts, ask this question. Am I being humble? Am I making it about me or him? Am I making it about my needs or others? In the next verse, chapter, uh, verse 4, Paul goes on to say, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and the members not do all, these members do not all do have the same function. We all have a heart. We all have lungs. They don't do the same thing. We all have a brain. We all have teeth, most of us. We all have feet. We have things, and they do different purposes. So in Christ, though many, we form one body, and each member belongs to the others. If that's not a measure or a, a sobering note, that we don't belong to ourselves, we belong to each other, that just should promote humility. It should give you the posture of, it's not about me. It's about him. Now, the body is Paul's classic image for the church. It's what he uses to bring perspective that we need to work together, we need to be united, we need to function in unity. However, the, the image is not, the image of the body being an organization is not unique to Paul in the first century. The Roman Empire is called the body of the emperor. There's a sixth century BC writer who uses the body image to convey a very important point about unity. It's Aesop. How many have heard of Aesop's fables? Oh, six of us, we're good. There's, a, there's some at the bookstore, you can pull them. It's pretty free, you get them online. He wrote them a long time ago. Well, let's look at it. This, this one, this fable is called The Belly and the Members. One fine day it occurred to the members of the body that they were doing all the work and the belly was having all the food. So they held a meeting. That's always good. And after a long discussion, decided to strike work till the belly consented to take its proper share of the work. So for a day or two, the hands refused to take food. The mouth refused to receive it and the teeth had no work to do. But after a day or two, the members began to find themselves were not in a very active condition. Imagine that. The hands could hardly move, and the mouth was parched and dry, while the legs were unable to support the rest. So they found that even the belly, in its dull, quiet way, was doing necessary work for the body, and that all must work together, or the body will go to pieces. Now, we all know that this represents unity, that we need to work together. We all know what happens when our personal human bodies are not working properly. We're in disease. We're limited. We're in pain. We can't do what we normally do. However, this analogy goes way deeper than just unity. It's way deeper than us just holding hands and frolicking through a field in unison. That's not what this is all about. It's deeper than us playing our part. We understand what teams do. We watch football, we watch baseball, some of us watch hockey, I don't know why. Others watch soccer, that's blasphemy. <laughs> that was a dig on her. 
So how many people watched the Tour de France? Ah, some, my people are here. Thank you. Let's meet afterwards and just talk about the Peloton. But all those teams are brought together for a purpose. They're brought together for having fun, to learn, to be successful, to win. However, the church is unique. It's not brought together for those things specifically. In a parallel passage in 1 Corinthians and Ephesians, Paul calls the, the church the body of Christ. Now, this is an important idea. This is an important theological message when he calls it the body of Christ. When we think of the body of Christ, Paul also talks about communion. And he talks about Christ giving his body for us. It's very interesting that we can understand that Christ's sacrifice of his own personal body on the cross birthed a new body. The body of Christ. That's different than any other body, that any other organization that's been brought together, anything else that'd be called a body. This is an organization where the Lord of the universe went to the cross to die for those people and birthed a new body of believers, the body of Christ. We're not brought together to have, in unity to have fun, to win, to be successful, to have it our way. We're brought together because of his sacrifice. He's calling us to sacrifice ourselves. In the, in the great words of Luke chapter 9, to pick up our cross daily and follow him. It's not our kingdom we should be seeking. We should be seeking his kingdom. When the cross is our reference point as the body, we're driven toward unity in him and through him. We're able to look past our wants, our needs, and look to others. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, each of us, each of you, all of us, have a part to play in the body. If we don't play our part, then the body doesn't function. Can you imagine if our arms didn't work in the body of Christ? Or our legs? You know, most experts say that anywhere from 60 to 80% of what is said is body language. 60 to 80%. I can tell you I love you. I can say, I love you. Completely different. My body language is saying, I don't really like you very much. So what is the body language of the church saying to the world today if everybody's not playing its part? If there's an arm and a leg that's not working? What message is that giving to the community? What message is that giving to the world? Think about this question. What message are we sending here with this body to our community? Paul goes on in verse 6 and says, We all have different gifts according to the grace given each of us. Here's the truth in this verse. If you're in Christ, if you believe in him, you have gifts. You don't just have one gift. You have gifts. Now, some of the gifts overlap, but your unique combination is unique to you. You have a unique combination that benefits the body. Those gifts are not because of you. They're not because of your accomplishments. They're not because of your stature or abilities. They're purely by and through the grace of God. Let me just say from personal experience, the gifts you want are not going to be the gifts you need. You might want this gift or that gift, but those aren't the ones God's going to give you. Because when you get the, the ultimate gift from him, which is more of a for you, for him gift, it's for you, but you're using it for him. 
It's not going to be the one you expected. It's going to be the one that purely points you that it's only by and through him that you're able to do it. I mean, after a while doing it, we might take the credit, but he might put us back in our place. It's only by and through him, by his grace and through his grace that we're able to use these gifts. Paul goes on in the, the rest of this to list seven different gifts. Now, there's different places in the New Testament. You can find it in Romans 12, 3 through 8. You can find it in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. And you can find it in Ephesians 4, 7 through 16. And the gifts, some of them overlap and some of them are different. These are not all inclusive. There are gifts, spiritual gifts that are not listed in the Bible. It's to say that all these spiritual gifts are from God. That's the thing we need to take away. They're from him and by him. So in the rest of verse 6, he says, If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraging, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now, I got to see people using their gifts for five weeks on Wednesdays here over the summer. It was amazing. Rihanna mentioned there was over 60 volunteers, but over half of those volunteers were college age and below. Everybody was doing a part. Everybody was having fun. Everybody was using their gift. They were, some were teaching, some were serving, some were encouraging, some were giving, some were just, just there to support. It was everybody was using their gift. And the funny thing is, you, you go in with your spiritual gift and you think, man, I don't know if I really want to do this. But I guarantee, every time I came, I wanted to be here every Wednesday night. You know, I'm a paid staff member. But when I did, I was blessed every time. I was blessed more by being here than by the blessing I brought. And I find that to be true every time. When we use our spiritual gifts, not for ourselves, but for others... We receive way more blessing back. What an amazing opportunity. Gifts are meant for action. Paul highlights this. Prophesy, give, give the prophesying, then prophesy. Serving, then serve. They're not meant to sit on the shelf, to go in the garage, to be stowed away for personal use, break class only when emergency. They're meant to be used. They're meant to be used. They're meant to be used. They're for action. And when they're inactive, they're useless. A few years ago, a research group did an analysis, and they estimate that over $41 billion, billion, as in B, in, billion dollars in unclaimed gift cards are floating around the U.S. When I read that, I was like, whoa. I went straight to prayer. Dear Lord, just give me 1% of those gift cards. I promise I will use them. I didn't get them yet, but you guys can pray with me. Can you imagine that? $41 billion. In my backpack alone... There is, I have a gift card that I got in 2013 for my birthday. It was $100. I still have it. I have, it's five years later. Why? I don't know. I wonder why I haven't gone and used it. But I have a stack of gift cards. I'm one of those people. But are we doing that with our spiritual gift? Do we have a stack of spiritual gift cards that the Lord has given us? And they're just sitting on the shelf? They're sitting in our backpack? They're tucked away? Why do people not use their gifts? That's what I want. I come up with three reasons. A 
apathy. They just lack enthusiasm. They lack connection. Like, you know, they don't know what's going on. Hey, the stomach's getting all the food. What, what about me? Paul tells us it's not about us. Jesus showed us it's not about us. Fear. I don't know what's going to happen when I use my gifts. That's true. You don't know what's going to happen. So why don't you try and find out? Maybe you don't know what your gifts are. I guarantee if you ask some friends or take a test, they can tell you what your gifts are. But if you're run by fear, you're ran by just unknowing, you're going to miss the blessing. We all have beautiful gifts that are meant to be, to be used. What, what use is it to have something and just to look at it? Or to say, yeah, I have this gift. But do you use it? This is my favorite one, atrophy. It's when you don't use something. Like your muscle, you put it in a cast, it comes out, you're like, oh my gosh, my arm is like 100 times smaller. The muscles are all wearing down. Some of us, our spiritual gifts are not being used, so they, they feel weak. Well, get them out there again. I, I hate this analogy when people say, hey, you know, you need to stop sitting on the sidelines and get in the game. Guys, there's no sidelines in the body of Christ. There is no sidelines. You're in the game, like it or not. If you believe that Christ is your Lord and Savior, you're in the game. Surprise. I mean, you could be that kid on the field where everybody's running around, you're like, It's like a sixth grade, it's like a it's like a four-year-old soccer game. One's laying on the fields, you know, they're trying to use the ball as a pillow. That's not the body of Christ. That's not what we're for. We're all in the game. There is no sideline. It's a great analogy. Get in the game, it's motivating. But I want to tell you the truth. If you believe in Jesus, you're in the game. You have a gift. Are you using it? Are you being humble with it? Now, I love this idea of being refreshed. And I couldn't, I, I was like, what do I do with refresh? What does that even mean? The only thing I could think of is a computer. When I'm stuck or things aren't going the way on my the web page, I hit that little circle button and it refreshes the page. Now, this is our opportunity to take stock of where are we at? Are we using our gifts? Are we using them humbly? Do we even know what they are? Do we think that we have to make a decision whether to get in the game or not? hit refresh. I believe there is limitless, untapped spiritual gifts in the body of Christ. I believe there is limitless and untapped spiritual gifts in this room right here. Just getting up here today, I'm an introvert. I don't really do people socialization very well, but then the Lord has given me the gift to speak to others, and it's not me. I can't take any of the credit. If it was up to me, I would have, when my car didn't start, I would have like, Back to bed. Day's over. Hey, sorry, dumb Steve. Better luck next time. No, that's not what God, when there's adversity in our way, he wants us to bust through it. He wants us to be like Lou Ferrigno, Incredible Hulk, busting through the wall. Or like the Kool-Aid man, busting through. Hey! If you're too young for that, don't worry. Just Google it. He wants us to bust through. He doesn't want us to be shackled by apathy or fear or unknown. He wants us to use our gifts. Walk away from today. Don't walk away with, with Dom eating Thai hot 
That's not the message for today. The message is by the grace of God, we've all been given spiritual gifts. After the first service, I said, man, that, fun, that joke was so funny. They just kept talking about that. Like, what about the rest? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I have the gift of humor. <laughs> Walk away and say, am I being humble? Do my gifts need to be refreshed? Am I using them for God? And where I work, live, and play? Dear Lord, we just thank you so much that you've done it all for us on the cross, that you love us so much that you gave us everything. Lord, help us to look to you because you are the author and perfecter of our faith. Lord, that we would not make things about us, that we lay ourselves behind and humbly seek you, that we would seek your kingdom first and not our own. Lord, there's gifts in this room. There's gifts even in me that we're not using, that I'm not using. Lord, reveal those gifts. Reveal those gifts as the size of your cross, the importance of your sacrifice rises in our life and takes a dominating seat. Lord, we just thank you so much for all you're doing and all you will do. Lord, we thank you for all the people that are using their gifts here on a regular basis. Lord, we pray for those that are just sitting on the fence, Lord. We pray for those that just don't know, Lord, that everybody would look to you and you would lead them and you would give them gifts by your grace. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good news is tie in, tie out was great. Um, I'm fine. Uh, so you're welcome to have Thai food with me if you like. Um, but a great message. Uh, the most profound thing for me is just hearing it twice now is... Uh, what does the body language of LJCC say to the community? And there's so many beautiful things to celebrate, but it's a 100% participation sport. There is no honorary medal. Uh, there is participating to the benefit or to the detriment of the body. And I want to encourage you, as you think about this message, to think about you're never too old. You're never too young. That word too becomes a really debilitating word in our lives. It's, it's never too late. There's never too many helping. God has something incredible for you and the benefit is that it, it blesses him and it blesses others around you. And so I wanna encourage you that you go on that exploration. Similarly, I've said it before, and Ian just said it, there's nothing in my personality that likes being in front of people. I was a guy with long hair in a band that was happy to sit behind the band and right in front of me. I was a communicator that was happy to teach one-on-one, -on -one, but don't put me in front of people. And what is it for you? Is the gospel enough, and is it motivating enough that we do something about it? All would I love to see the community around us change, culture shift as a result of you becoming engaged, refreshing your gifts, refreshing that exploration to say, God, what now in this season? And let's see what he does. So I hope you come with us on that journey. We're going to move into a time of continuing our worship now through the giving of our time, talent, and now our treasure. And if you're our guest, Feel no obligation to give. This is for those who call LJCC home. This is our response of saying, 
the cross is so big that every aspect of my life is his. And many of you give online or in various ways, but now is the time that we give and respond to God's grace. We respond to the, the mission of the church to say, God, we want everybody to meet you. We want everybody to encounter you. And so we're going to do that now as the ushers come by. If you have a connect card or a prayer card, please put that in the basket as we receive our tithes and offerings.
Sin had left a 
If you haven't received it already, you should have received a letter from Natalie and myself about a week ago letting you know that Natalie is going to be transitioning out of our church after five years. We wanted to just take a moment to be transparent and authentic in front of you and address any elephants in the room <laughs> and short jazz hands. Um, so Natalie's been with us for five years. Natalie, would you just take a moment, tell us why you're leaving. Is it the beard? I'll shave it. I'm fine with that. Anyway. So tell, them all, tell us why we're doing this. Hi. Um, oh, there's so much I want to say. Okay. Um, so five years ago, I had like a little nudge on my heart to apply for a random internship in the junior high room. Um, and I just could not have asked or imagined everything that followed that. The last five years has just been full of a lot of this, which is all high schoolers. Um, I met these guys when they were in eighth grade and now they're going off to college. So, and you, you're over there, hi. So much life and so much. I honestly could not have asked or imagined just what would happen by saying yes to students um, and just this community, um, way more than I could have asked for. Um, and in that same way, I just have been feeling a nudge of, you know, your time is done um, and I don't know what's next. Um, but I think that me being faithful to a really good God who brought me this um, is just to say yes to it and um, maybe explore some new gifts like he was talking about. Um, and I know that by God bringing me here, he just wants to continue doing something. Sorry, it's shaking a lot. <laughs> um, so I'm excited. Um, it's bittersweet, but I'm so thankful for this place, this community. It's been such a second home. Um, it's been so good. So I know he wants to do that again, and I get to explore a new season with my soon-to-be husband, um, Lewis. So we get to explore just life together and what that looks like. But this place has prepared me in so many ways um, that I probably don't even realize yet. So lots of life, lots of good times, lots of getting lost in cars and getting a lot of short jokes from Evan. I will miss that. <laughs> um, so just thank you. Thank you for this place and just being a part um, of life here. It's so good. That sounds awesome. Uh, so that sounded really good. Uh, Natalie, what's the real story, though? <laughs> it's the beard. Okay, it's coming off. Uh, the reason we wanted to do this was it just worked in with Ian's message, but and it worked in with students and, and children being with us this morning. But we really just want to say there is no story behind the story. And some of you have asked myself or Natalie in just full disclosure, and, there, and there's nothing to tell you except after five years, an incredible leader in our church who started out as an intern saying, yes, I'll give it a shot who then filled a junior high position 
Will reluctantly said yes to becoming the junior high pastor here, who then a year and a half later or so said, three, said, oh, there's a high school role now. You're the high school person. I guess I'll say yes to that too. And for five years, she's been saying yes. And if you spent any time with Natalie, she's such a gift and such a joy to be with because her personality is just like, sure, I'll make it happen. And I'm so proud of you just publicly for saying yes to what God has for you. And something that you've been wrestling with for years. Since I've started, I think we've had this conversation at least once a week. And so I'm so proud of you, Brian, and you just being with your soon-to-be bride of wrestling through it and what does that look like. And to come to a place of going, I don't know what it is, but God said, take a step of faith and here we go. And, and so thank you for being an incredible leader. Thanks for being a gift to our team. I'm going to miss you. I'm not going to talk to you ever again. But beyond that, um, we just want to say we love you. We affirm you. We're going to invite Brian up. We're going to pray for both of them. They're going to get married in about three weeks here-ish, 28 days. Who's counting? Um, we're going to pray for them. And, and just as symbolically, we're going to pray for our students that are leaving right after this service to go off to camp to force home. Students and junior high students and all the leaders that are here this morning. Thanks for doing what you do. I hope Natalie's story becomes your story of you taking a step out of saying yes to the Lord and seeing the great adventures that he takes you on. So if you're a Bluetooth person, you can raise a hand and pray out with me. Otherwise, just let's bow our heads and pray together. God, thank you so much for the gift of Natalie and now the two soon to become one with Brian and just how you've been leading them as a couple, the great conversations they've been having inviting you into mystery and to exploring and into dreaming. And I thank you for uh, this power couple here, God, how you're going to use to shape your kingdom and how they've been saying yes, even Brian working long shifts as a firefighter and coming and serving students, wiping the sleep out of his eyes. God, thank you for his heart to just uh, encourage his lady. <laughs> and... Uh, we just pray for their marriage. We pray for these 28 days that you'd be with them, that they'd sense the nearness of you. I pray for Natalie that this would be a time of just sweet transitioning out, that she would feel the warmth and love and appreciation that we have for her as a community of faith. Thanks for what you did in and through her and what you'll continue to do uh, here at LJCC and in her life moving forward. So we bless you. We give you this couple. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Brian. Okay, would you stand? We're going to, by way of benediction, let's stand together. Students, loved having you here. Claire and Lily, great to have you. Asher, you look like me. You're awesome. Um, it's wonderful to be together. And uh, I just love the church being together. So great to hear you sing this morning. So great to hear you laugh, to engage. I hope you walk away encouraged. God's doing a lot at this church. And God's doing a lot in this community. And there's more to come. The best is still to come. And so by way of benediction, may the Lord bless you. May you be a blessing to him. May he keep you in times of high and low. May you know that his hand is on you. May he show his countenance on you. May his, his presence be so sweet to you in these moments as you leave and in this week. And may you know that he's good and how's good for you. 
and he's calling you like the gentleman that he is, slowly wooing you to say, come on the greatest exploration trip ever. Come and follow. Come and give yourself away and find that's where life is at. May to him be the glory, the power, and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here. Have a great weekend. Make sure you give Natalie a hug right outside. <laughs>